Thanks for joining us in our journey of talking with God. Our goal is to encourage people to pray more often and to shed the stigma that talking with God is complicated or has some special formula. There is no special sauce. God, our Father, is there to listen to us in all seasons. Whether you're in a happy mood or maybe you're facing some struggles and find yourself angry at the world or even God himself, he is still there. Each week, we bring you a single prayer from a single person. They can choose to remain anonymous or provide their identity. That part is not important. What is important, however, is their prayer. We all pray differently, and our goal each episode is to show you how this one person prays to God. We hope you enjoy your time here with us. If you do enjoy the content, then please subscribe to our podcast for future episodes. Thank you for joining us again on Talking with God. Over the last couple of weeks, we've covered a couple of different topics on prayer. We've covered the purpose of prayer, the practice of prayer, and the provision of prayer. And before we get started, I just want to apologize for the gap uh, in episodes. It's a learning experience, so please, I beg, please please just be patient. Uh, But this week, we're going to talk about the patience in prayer. And that is a huge thing in today's society. So I'm going to start off with a verse. This is from Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 and 2. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. And those are from the words of David. David was a fantastic king. He was a man after God's own heart. The Bible even tells us that. But he was human, and he was flawed, and he knew that patience was extremely important. All through his life, he had experienced that. But you know, something that is in short supply today is patience. And it's not that we can't be patient. We just choose not to. Part of that is because we are living in a time where the immediacy of our requests being answered is the bar by which we measure everything. The Bible is full of history where humankind has been in this cycle of ingratitude that comes from not being patient. And there are three prominent events uh, in the Bible. And I'm trying to make this transition where I don't say stories in the Bible. Certainly, we consider them stories as children. But if the Bible is the word of God, and God is truth, then this is the history of the world. And so the Bible is full of history. Uh, There are three prominent events, and it's ones that we even tell our children, where patience was either rewarded or God displayed a perfect example of patience that, to be frank, we choose to ignore. So in the story of Abram, who we eventually know to become Abraham and his wife Sarai, which we eventually know to become Sarah. Uh, You can find this in Genesis chapter 11. It starts around verse 27. It goes all the way through chapter 17 and, and beyond. But we're basically given a look into the patience that God requires from us sometimes. Abram, he's commanded to leave the land that he has known all of his life and to go where God showed him. Now, mind you, you know, when that happened, Abram was like an old man already. He was 75 years old, and yet he dutifully followed God's command and 
He went all kinds of places. He went to Egypt. He went to the Negev Desert. Uh, he went to war for God. At God's behest, he went to war and he defied kings on God's word. Talk about some faith, people. At one point, you can even sense the frustration Abram has with God because he tells God, you have given me no children. So a servant in my household is going to be my heir. And that's a big thing, right? Because he'd been dutifully following God, but everything that God had blessed him with, all of the physical rewards that was huge in passing down at that time, like you had to have an heir, you know, it, it was all going to go to someone who was not his child. And you got to think about for Abraham, that was just like, God, I've did all these things and you've given me all this stuff. And yet the one thing that I really, really want I don't have it. But God promised Abram that his children would number the stars and kings would come from his bloodline. So when he was around 86 or so, one day Sarai uh, told him, you know, I have this slave. Her name is Hagar. Sleep with her and she will have a child. And she did conceive. Uh, you know, eventually God rewards Abram's patience when he creates a covenant with Abram's household. And, and that's where Abram becomes Abraham, and Sarai becomes Sarah, and God promised Abraham a son named Isaac. And all of that, he fulfills all of it. it. It just, it happens. But what about the kid that he had with Hagar? That child's name was Ishmael. And that child was also blessed as well, but, you know, he wasn't the inheritor of Abram's estate. But had Abraham been fully patient... There's a lot of heartache in that story that could have been avoided. So if you have some time, look into that and, and just see how Abraham went from extremely patience and then he got frustrated with God because he didn't think that the timing was what he wanted and so that God's timing was off, which we know is not true. God, it's his world. I mean, he created it. He, he, he transcends time. So, you know, all of those things, that impatience, it caused a lot of heartache for Hagar and for Ishmael. And so even though God blessed them, there's still baggage there. And that's one thing that patience, like the lack of it, totally causes. You, you cause baggage not only for you, but the ones around you. You know, another great example of a servant of God who was patient is Joseph. Um, his story or history, see, there I go, his history begins in Genesis 37. And it's quite long and involved, so it's one of those things that you have to take in the chunks, and, and you see Joseph's story, and you see how he remains dedicated and how it evolves over time. But essentially what happens is his brothers strip him of this coat that his father gave him and sell him to Egypt, and then they tell him that his, his son, his favorite son, is dead. And so he ends up spending 11 years in the house of Potiphar and then another two years in prison before he's made overseer of Egypt by Pharaoh. And he did that by being patient. And when the time presented itself, because God deemed that it was the perfect time, he goes to Pharaoh, tells Pharaoh what his dream is about. And Pharaoh says, because you have told me the truth of my dream, which has kept me up for nights and nights on end, you are second in command. And so this change happens. And yet Joseph 
continues to serve dutifully under God, he serves in a land of foreigners, and it was like another nine years before he saw his siblings again. So his separation from his family was from about the time that he was 17 to the time that he was 39. So like 22 years in total had passed. And then, you know, the second time that his siblings came during the famine, he told them to bring Jacob, his father. So it took even longer for him to be united with his father. And that was the thing that he wanted most on earth. But through all of that, you know, Joseph, he remained devoted to God. He followed his commands. He prayed. He remained patient that God would deliver him from prison when the person that he had helped had totally forgot about him. He said, yeah, I'll tell the Pharaoh that, that you answered my dream. And it took two years for that servant to be reminded before he told Pharaoh. And he did that without a complaint. And then, you know, he, he didn't expect to be second in command to Pharaoh. And that's how God rewarded him. I mean, me personally, I probably just would have wanted to go home and get away from this land with people that, that I don't know. But God used Joseph to display who he was and that he was the only God that could save Egypt. So the last story that I want to talk about is uh, actually the history where God, I said story again, the history where God displayed his patience to us. And one of the probably the best and most digestible examples is Moses leading Israel from Egypt and then into the wilderness. So for 40 years, you know, God led Moses and his people through the wilderness toward the promised land. And along the way, you know, God's people doubted, complained, and often they came close to just giving up. But God patiently heard their cries, and he answered all of them. He gave them food and water and safety. But Israel, as I've talked about this in the past, in past episodes, is that they were ungrateful and they were so swift to forget the grace that was shown to them. They were petulant. They were impatient. And yet in Psalm chapter 90, verse four, Moses used a simple yet profound analogy in describing the timelessness of God. He said, for a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. So Israel, they're like, oh, two days have passed, and, and that's an eternity, and, and you know we don't feel this connection to God, so let's make gold statues and, and praise Baal and, and all these other things. But to God, that, that was you know, two seconds. So let me frame that in today's world's perspective. You know, you're, you're getting ready to go on this long road trip. Uh, you have the car gassed up, everything's packed, the kids are comfy, their tablets are charged, and you are praying to God that those batteries last the next 500 hours it's going to feel like. Your wife likes to take a nap on the trip, so you're like zoned in. You're ready to just drive nonstop, and the boy in the back's just going to have to pee in a bottle if he's got to go. So you get like 20 minutes down the road, and then it happens. Now you know where this is going. Are we there yet? <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. I'm just going to ignore it. It's going to go away. Five minutes later. Are we there yet? Nope. It didn't go away. So you kind of give a response. No, we just left. You're like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe that made that situation diffuse. And you'd be wrong because three minutes later, it's going to happen again. You're going to hear it. DEFCON 1 happens. Are we there yet? 
are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Just saying that really like tortured myself. So you like, you know, you're gripping the steering wheel and you're asking yourself why this being that you helped make is testing the Jesus in you today. The day that you know that you've got to make this really long trip. And so you stop yourself from threatening to send them back to the kid exchange department. They don't know it exists, but you're going to try to use it. Maybe sort of kind of not really. I don't know. Maybe. But instead, you're like, nobody. It will be a while. Can you watch your tablet a bit and we'll stop for food a little later? And you're like, yes, that, that did it. I was kind. I was loving. Dad of the year, parent, whatever. I got this. But then, not a minute later, you hear it. I'm bored. Are we there yet? And then, boom, the car's pulled over, and you got to have that dad tone talk. You know, the one that's like, you know, this needs to stop now. You cut it to the quick. I can't be the only one that's been in that that, that situation. If you have, please share this. Just let people know that they're not alone. I hope I'm not alone. But, um... You know, our prayer life is a lot like that, uh, if we want to be honest. We know God wants our patience, and he also wants to give us provision. But if we try to provide for ourselves without giving God the patience he shows us, we're going to make a mess of it. God's patience comes from a place of love and pure desire to provide. But humankind's patience, it often comes from a what am I getting out of doing this for you type of motive? You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, I'll help you hang these things or I'll do this for you. Uh, but, you know, where's the reciprocation there, right? And so we think of things a lot of times on this physical level. And God's like, you know, I, I want to love you. I want to provide for you. Patience is, is not something that has some tangible asset to it. It's ephemeral. So how can we combat that patience? That's the biggest thing. How can we combat the impatience that we live in so that it does not affect our prayer life's expectations? I'll say that again. How can we combat the impatience that we live in so that it does not affect our prayer life's expectations? Because let's be honest, we're praying to God, we got expectations. One way that has worked for me is prayer journaling. And I've shared this on social media. Uh, you know, I, not one of those social media butterflies. But when something, you look back and you see something that's having this positive impact, you want to share it with others because you want to inspire them. You want to have that impact happen to them. And so prayer journaling, uh, you know, it's meant to give you a long-term view of prayer and God's provision and influence in your life. And I was having a conversation with the guests that we're going to have next week, and we kind of got onto this topic. And so I just wanted to use that as a segue to say, like, our first guest will probably be coming sometime later next week, as long as the schedule works out. Uh, but if you look back on, on your prayer journal, and you look back like a week or two, oh, I prayed for this. That was a little thing. God answered that. But what about these big things? Like, what about the husband that you know is an alcoholic? Uh, or or the wife that's that you happen to know is struggling you know with being patient with her her children or or whatever it may be right so those big things like 
it is really impractical to think that one prayer is is it and done. So you got to keep your journal because the I, the idea of a journal is a long term project. You know, back before we had computers and things was you know just so instant. People wrote in journals, and there are collections of journals from people. So what if we did that? Let's say we kept the journal for three, five, seven years, a decade even you're going to be able to look back and you're going to see prayers that you forgot that you even prayed about. But at that time, it felt so important and in the moment. Did God deliver? I'd bet my life that he did. And part of us talking about that when I was talking with that coworker that's going to be on the guest is, uh, it was kind of cheesy, but we brought up uh, Garth Brooks's song, Unanswered Prayers. You know, I thank God. For unanswered prayers because sometimes when he doesn't answer our prayer it's actually the thing that we need it's the thing that we really need may not be the thing that we want but that's okay because he knows what we need to take that next step in our life you know prayer is not and was never meant to be an i message to god with a read receipt and a typing bubble notification em bound said this He said, I think Christians fail so often to get answers to their prayers because they do not wait long enough on God. They just drop down, say a few words, jump up and forget it and expect God to answer them. Such praying always reminds me of the small boy ringing his neighbor's doorbell and then running away as fast as he can go. So I have a question. Are we ding-dong ditching God? Seems like it if we don't have that patience, right? Prayer is its faith in one of its purest forms. You're, you're laying your worry at the feet of this omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent being who can carry it. And it's like a feather. It's less than a feather. It's nothing to him. That's, that's hard to do sometimes because you, 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 you're saying let go. I say sometimes, but a lot of us, let's be honest, we struggle with that letting go of that that thing that we think that we can make an impact on and and as much as we really want to if we're honest with ourselves we can't another way for us to practice patience is to let love rule our life you know i've talked about that uh you know at the beginning of this is god's patience with us it, it comes from love and the Bible tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 and 5. Everyone knows this verse. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no records of wrongs. Lester Sumrall said, Long-suffering, and he was referring to patience, Long-suffering is love on trial, love refined in selfishness, conquered. Now, totally, totally, just think about that. Long-suffering is love on trial. Patience is love on trial. Love refined in selfishness, conquered. So if you struggle with patience in your your family life, your your work life, or, or in prayer, you're struggling with love. And if you don't have patience working in you, 
you are not going to reveal a Christ-like image to the world. Your love for God is in a battle. Praying to God is a love letter. If you don't have that patience, you're basically writing something, throwing it up there and saying, here you go. Would you do that to your spouse, your parents? No, you're going to take time. You're going to write out how you feel. You're going to hand it to them. Yeah, you might have some expectations to their response, but you've did all that through patience. It's planned. It's not, um, it's not, oh, I'm going to send it off and forget it. It's intentional. So, again, if you don't practice patience, then you're not practicing love. And if you don't have patience in your prayer life, then your love with God is in a battle. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for the chance to share your love to the world. Thank you for your son who gave us his life, waiting patiently for the time that his death would come with full knowledge that it would redeem humanity. Allow the example that Jesus shared on earth and the patience you have shown in humanity's history to, to just affect us to our cores. Help us be patient in our pleas to you. And allow that patience to flow through us and into our lives so that we are more patient with our spouses and children. And God, I ask for that specifically for me. If someone else is struggling with that, please let that touch them too. But I know my flaws. I'm not, I'm not, avail, I'm not afraid to reveal those type of things to the world. Because without you, I don't have the, the courage to do that. And I know that if I continue to pray patiently, you're going to listen and answer that prayer. Let that patience change our views of, of how we view other Christians and, and just give us that little, little reminder in our head that you have patience with their spiritual growth and, and we should too, because we're all in different steps of our life that patience affect how we assume others are presenting themselves to us and let that patience just allow us to assume the best about people and have the knowledge to know when they do not so that we can protect ourselves father we we don't know when you're going to answer our prayers but you are incapable of lying and therefore you hear us and that is all we need if someone is struggling with that, I pray you give them the strength to endure until their prayer is answered in the manner you see fit. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the sacrifice. And thank you for the patience that we are completely unworthy of. I love you. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Talking with God. We hope that by sharing this prayer with you, that you are encouraged to pray more often, become comfortable with praying anytime, and most importantly, your relationship with God grows in talking with Him. We would love to see you subscribe so that you get notified of the latest episode. Share our vision 
and spread the word that God is there to listen to you, no matter the time, place, or circumstance. If you would like to share a prayer to help our mission, please email us at talkingwithgodpodcast at gmail.com. We love you and hope that you visit us again next week.